When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Had to Say It, the podcast where I basically talk about whatever's on my mind. And uh, you guys listen to it, so thanks for uh, tuning in and listening. Uh, Today, I'm going to touch real briefly, it's pretty much exactly what I said was going to happen. The election has not been called, nobody's conceded, one side is already saying we won, the other side is already saying voter tampering, voter fraud, ballot tampering. And it's more or less the entire just disorganized shit show that I thought it was going to be. So there's really nothing to do but wait just like the rest of the country and we'll see what happens. And if you've listened to any of the other episodes at this point, you know where I stand on this thing. The whole system's broke. It's nothing's going to change. It doesn't matter who gets in there because regardless of who's elected where, there's still enough dissension and everybody that is a career politician has made a career out of not accomplishing anything and still giving themselves raises every year for it. So why would they fix that? It's, It's a system that allows them to feed their own desires and to take care of themselves and we just keep going along and playing with it and re-electing corrupt incumbents and allowing them to make it a, a self-perpetuating system. And that's really all I'm going to say about it right now. The whole election thing is just giving me a headache, and I'm not going to talk about it anymore until there's actually something to talk about. So what do I have to say today? Here's what I have to say. I was reading something online a couple days ago, and it really got me thinking, and I've been thinking, I know originally I said there was going to be more food-related stuff in here, and I've kind of been holding off because I didn't want to do food episodes until I had, like, filming capacity set up, until I could do demonstration videos and provide the links, because I really do think the culinary arts are one of those things that Yeah, you can talk about it, and you can discuss it, and I could talk theory until I went hoarse, and that's not necessarily going to really be all that useful to anybody on the other end. It's one of those things you have to see how things are done to properly understand it, because to properly describe some of the stuff is going to be real in-depth, real long-winded, and by the time I get done explaining it, I could have already shown it to you and had it done three times over. But I do want to talk about something that is kind of food-related. And it's only, honestly enough, it's kind of a weird thing. It's only semi-accurate at this point because we have had some unseasonably warm weather these last few days. And I want to talk about grilling season. I, <laughs> I'm one of those people, I love cooking over hardwood and charcoal and I think the flavor is so much different than cooking on gas. And now, granted, if I'm cooking in the house, if I'm cooking indoors, 
I'll take gas over electric any day of the week. I will. I cooking on an electric element is honestly my least favorite way of doing things, and to a certain extent, it may be yes. You have a little more direct control as far as you can dial it into a specific temperature, but I'd rather have the control of using a, a gas flame and controlling the size of the flame to control how much heat is being transferred to the dishes. And I just, honestly, I don't know any real professionals who prefer electric. I mean, I could be wrong. If you're out there and you hear this and you want to tell me I'm an idiot or whatever, please feel free. Let me know. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things. It's a personal preference thing. It really is. But whatever works best for you is really what I encourage you to go with. Do do what feels natural and what feels comfortable. When it comes to food, that's really the best approach to take. So anyway, so yeah, I'm going through some of my social media stuff a couple days ago. And I came across an article from one of the sites I subscribe to that was talking about winterizing your grill and preparing for the end of grilling season. And I was really just kind of like, people do that? <laughs> I mean, I don't care if it is snowing out. I can still get to my grill, and I will still cook a lot of things on the grill outside, regardless of the weather, season. I don't care if it's negative 20, which does occasionally happen here in Illinois. It happened a lot more when we were living in Wisconsin, but this is where I am and this is what I have to deal with and yeah sometimes the cold gets way down there we had that polar vortex come through last year that was subarctic temperatures negative double digits and and you deal with it and obviously I wasn't grilling out on those days because it really would have been a futile effort it would have been way more fuel than was really going to accomplish anything so yeah I took a few days off but I am one of those people that will grill in December. I don't see a problem with it. You have to plan things a little differently. You have to approach it a little differently. But if you're a person that en enjoys barbecue and cooking out, there's literally no reason why there has to be a season to it. Yeah, it's a good idea for like grill maintenance and stuff to take a few minutes here and there. And <laughs> when you're not having a grilling day, breaking down your grill and cleaning it and if you're a charcoal or wood person cleaning out the ash ash receptacles you should be emptying it every time you cook i shouldn't have to tell you that if you've got space and property and you have a garden you can always save the ash and fold it into the earth and to adjust your your soil numbers but some people don't you got to dispose of it properly that's all well and good i've got a giant galvanized can that is ash only uh occasionally i still have to pull a couple empty beer bottles out of it just because people will have a few too many beers and forget that that's an ash only can but for the most part it's other than that it is my ash can but a couple times a year you really what you want to do is you want to re-season your grill you want to break it down take the take the ash receptacle out take the grates out take any if you have a warming rack take the warming rack out take the rotisserie out down to the bare bones Give it a once-over, scrub it down, get any loose, stuck-on debris, grease buildup, all that. If you're like me, I'd take a wire brush to it and get everything scrubbed back down. Then you want to take a little cooking oil and a rag, put a thin layer of cooking oil all over the inside of your grill. The lid, the sides, the bottom, the whole inside. Then take your grates, oil them too. And put them back in the grill. Fill it up with coal. Get it up to about 3, 325, and just let it cook. Don't put anything in it. Just let it cook. 
It's going to smoke like crazy while the oil's cooking off. It's the same as seasoning cast iron. It's just one of those things you, you should do it a couple times a year. It'll keep your grill from rusting. An ounce of maintenance for a pound of prevention. It's totally worth doing. In that context, as far as grilling, as far as off-peak season grilling goes, there's literally no reason why you shouldn't be able to do it. Preparation, you're going to go through a little more coal or wood or or gas if you're one of those gas grill people, I guess. It's going to be it's going to take a little more fuel. It's going to take a little longer. You have to plan accordingly because the air is the environment is going to be sucking away your heat. It's going to take more time and more fuel to get the same results. But there's no reason to stop doing it as long as you plan accordingly. And another thing, a lot of people won't think about it, but it's one of those things you got to take into consideration is you got to be very diligent about cleaning up when you're done because it is winter. You, there are critters out there. If your grill is sitting there radiating warmth and it's not covered or it cleaned up and closed up, they are going to get into it. They are going to either shelter under it or I have actually heard of, I have never dealt with this myself, but I've heard of people like opening the lid to their grill and finding a squirrel in there that bolts as soon as they take the lid off that somehow crawled up in there and was just chilling. So, like I said, there's a there's a little more involved process to it, but there's literally no reason for grilling season to ever really have to end. And if you are one of the people that decides you're not going to do it anymore, like I said, that's when it's the time, and there are articles out there that could walk you through it, but it's really not that complicated. You want to winterize your grill, you want to shut it down for the season or however you want to look at it. Invest in a decent cover if you're going to leave it outside. If you've got a shed or you're going to store it in the garage, that's great. You just made your life that much easier. But if you don't, if you're living in an apartment or you're living somewhere where you just don't have extra storage space, you you only got a one-car garage, you don't have a garage, you have a tiny little yard, whatever the case may be, invest in a good cover. I mean, they can get a little pricey. The cover for my grill is like $85. And... That's for a decent one. That's not even the high-end one. That's like the generic one I bought online just because I want to protect my grill. And my, my grill's a little bit of an anomaly, but it's it's sort of the Franken-smoker at this point. It's several different pieces that I have cobbled together into a functioning Texas-style smoker. And it's a fantastic thing. I love it. It makes me happy. But... That's not really the point. Point is, if you're going to winterize your grill, you get a good cover. That's one of the essential things. It's worth the money. It's an investment. It's protecting your investment. The second thing you got to do is, again, you got to clean it. If you're going to shut it down for three to five months, whatever, however long you feel off season is, you have to clean your grill. Get rid of any ash that's built up in it. Scrub it down. Scrub down the grates season it give it a coat of oil burn the oil off so it's got a nice rust resistant coating on it to keep any moisture out of the metal especially like i said especially if you're not going to touch it for three or four months because if you get a unseasonally warm day you could have moisture build up in there and next thing you know you're opening it up and you, everybody's getting tetanus when you make hamburgers so clean your grill before the season ends then once you do put that cover on it either use a some kind of cordage most of them come with velcro straps but if it's anywhere where it's really exposed to the elements critters can pull velcro straps off real easy 
if you get a really heavy wind day like we do in the Midwest sometimes, that cover can tear off in a heartbeat. I actually found my old grill cover in the front yard of my house. My grill's in the backyard under the eaves of the house. So it, this cover actually went either completely over my house or completely around my house from a storm one day. And it was only storming for maybe an hour. And I found it in the front yard after everything was said and done. So get some cordage. Get a small piece of rope, depending on how big your grill is and how big the base is. I actually went out and got some of the... I went to the hardware store, and they had those little ratchet straps on sale one day for a a four-pack for like $9. So I have a ratchet strap for securing my my grill cover if I ever decide I want to shut down like that. As I said, I probably won't because... uh, (laughs) If any last year was any indication, we didn't actually get any snow until January, so I will probably be grilling until January, and even then I'm not really going to slow down all that much. I just don't go outside when it's polar vortex conditions. All right, so now saying, you know, hypothetically, you're going to take the Aaron route and you're not going to shut your grill down and you're going to keep cooking out year-round. Good for you. you got to start looking, though. You may want to alter your menu a little bit just to accommodate more seasonal kind of things like if you're in the midwest like i am and fall rolls around there's a whole bunch of things you can throw on that grill that you may not traditionally think about grilling and it's there's a whole it's a whole nother venue it opens up a whole nother set of options and it lets you do some really cool stuff if you're willing to get a little bit out of your comfort zone and do something a little bit fun i personally it's one of those things some people may say I'm being ridiculous, but I really, until you've actually cooked a whole turkey for the holidays on or with charcoal, you don't want to use a direct heat on it, obviously, because it'll be raw in the middle and still and overcooked on the outside. But with a nice offset low heat and you get that good smoky woody flavor into it, and yeah, it takes quite a while. It's a big bird and you don't really want to cook it at a super high temperature. So you're going to be refilling your fuel several times over the course of cooking. It's the same as if you're slow cooking a big cut of beef or like if you're doing a brisket or a a pork shoulder or or a pork butt. Anything where you're going to have to slow cook it at a low temperature for several hours. And personally, when it comes to those sort of things, I like to, if I'm going to do a large bird on the grill, I like to brine it for a day or so ahead of time. If you're doing a turkey... Get a clean five-gallon bucket. Any major hardware store, you can find food-grade five-gallon buckets. They're about $4. Get one. Get a big permanent marker and write for food on the side of it so nobody accidentally fills it up with dirt or sawdust or anything else If you, because you're going to have to probably store it somewhere. Big five-gallon bucket can be inconvenient. It's probably going to stay in the garage by your grilling supplies. You don't want somebody coming through thinking that's a good place for them to dump a can of oil or something. You don't you get a lid too. They're about another two bucks. It's it's you're not out of pocket a lot of money. It's worth it. It makes things better. So you get your your turkey, you make your brine mixture up. Brine is exactly what it sounds like. It's a mixture of water, salt, and spices. I like to use fresh whole cloves of garlic, take the whole head, cut the root stem off, mash it. It'll all kind of just slide out of the peels and throw it in there. You're not going to be eating it. You just want the flavor so it doesn't have to be pretty or perfect. You just mash it with the side of a, a knife or with 
the back of a spatula and just so it's kind of crushed and broken loose. And you lift it up out of the skins and you throw it in the bucket. I like to use uh, peppercorns. I actually usually wind up just throwing in some uh, pickling spice mixture you can get from the grocery store that has everything in there so you're not buying a bunch of stuff you're not going to use on a real regular basis if you don't do a lot of pickling and canning and cooking of certain types uh anyway so you do that throw some sage in there i have massive sage bushes in my garden so i tend to throw a few sprigs of fresh ish sage usually by that point it's stuff i've picked and dried but and I think that's actually a pretty good place. We're going to take a quick break here so I can stick in the requisite mid-cast ad. And I will be back. And when, I come, when we come back, we're going to talk about different things you may want to consider grilling this uh, fall and winter. That, Like I said, some of those things I talked about that normally people don't consider as grilled food. Hey, guys. It's Aaron of I Had to Say It. And today I am recording an ad for the sponsor me honey contest uh it's a really cool thing it's a cool cool company they're doing a cool thing if you're on the internet at all and if you're listening to me you obviously are you're probably on some form of social media if you're on some form of social media there's a really good chance you've already seen their ads popping up in your social media feeds and you may have seen it and just kind of shrugged it off or looked at it and said yeah whatever It's, it's an ad and honestly i've done it too and any of my listeners know I'm, I'm all about the truth, and whether it's comfortable or not. The truth of the matter is, it's really a no-brainer. It's totally worth getting. And yes, I'm making this commercial for a potential sponsorship. It's a sponsorship contest. It's pretty cool that they're doing it. But here's the thing about it. Even if they weren't, I would still have the extensions in on my computer. I, it's a You download an extension, and it puts an extension in your browser, or you can download their app on your smartphone and you use it when you're shopping for stuff and what honey does is it searches for the best deals and promo codes and things for stuff you're gonna buy anyway it's not, it doesn't randomly say here here's a bunch of stuff that if you buy this you will get these prices you do your searching you look for what you're gonna buy it's stuff you're gonna buy anyway from retailers you're going to buy from anyway be from name brand products it's not going to be one of those websites that pops up and you click and you get some weird knockoff thing that barely qualifies as looking like what it is you thought you were buying in the first place seven weeks later in the mail you pick who you're buying it from you pick who you are buying what whose product you are buying the decisions are all made by you what honey does is find you discounts and coupons and and promo codes and the honey extension searches for promo codes and it looks to find any promos and any ways of saving money you can and these days who doesn't need to save money i do you do everybody does and times being what they are honey is a fantastic tool towards that because like i said you're gonna shop anyway why pay more than you have to so here's what you need to do so you open up your browser and you go to joinhoney.com forward slash best honey ad you go there and you download the extensions and it will start working in the background as you're doing your shopping and it will search for those codes for you and it'll make your life a lot easier it'll make things simpler it will save you money where is the downside and honestly for now that's what i had to say all right so now that that's done we're going to start talking about 
different options for things that you can cook outside, cook outdoors, barbecue, cook them on your grill, however you want to phrase it. Different things that you may not normally consider as stuff to throw on the grill. If you're you know, John Q. Public average person and it's burger, steaks, hot dogs, chicken, corn, and potatoes, you're kind of missing a whole nother area of stuff. And I've noticed recently in a lot of home style, as cooking at home has sort of come back into vogue, and people are getting more adventurous, and people are grilling, you know, fish and different vegetables. And that's kind of where we're going to look more in terms of seasonal specific things, is we're going to look at the winter squashes and things that, they're a little more work to get ready, but they come out, you wouldn't think it, but they just come out amazing if you take the time and the effort to do it right, and... We're going to go over a few different ways that you can prepare these things. I mean, it's one thing where you can take pretty much any hard-shelled winter squash. You can take spaghetti squash. You can take acorn squash, butternut squash, any of the stuff that you're probably going to find at the grocery store on sale because it's seasonal. And it's stuff that people think about it in terms of holiday cooking because it is a seasonal product. And... You can do it, and it can be so simple. And just taking an acorn squash or a butternut squash and cutting it up in in half and scooping out the seeds and the and the assorted innards from the squash and brush it with some olive oil, salt, pepper, a little garlic powder. If, if you, you're feeling so inclined, you can add some seasonal, more nutmeg, cinnamon, coriander, that kind of stuff that... Um, will make it more of a holiday holiday pumpkin spice flavored type thing. But personally, not a big fan of pumpkin spice. I mean, they may revoke my basic white bitch card for this one, but I don't really care. Not a fan of that particular combination in anything other than a pumpkin pie. Maybe it's just because I'm old-fashioned. Maybe I'm just stubborn. Maybe I, I don't know. For whatever reason, I just don't care for that particular mix. Maybe I just OD'd on it over the course of growing up for the last 40 years. And in my mind, pumpkin spice should be in a pumpkin pie. I don't need a pumpkin chai latte. I don't need a pumpkin spice donut. I, I, I don't need any of that crap. Pumpkin pie, maybe pumpkin bread, and that's it. And that's where I'm, and I don't need to eat that stuff on a regular basis. Partly because pies and sweet breads are not particularly something I should be eating. And partly because it's real easy for me, at least, to OD on that stuff and then be sick of it for another 11 months. So, yeah, when the holidays roll around, Thanksgiving rolls around, I love a sweet potato pie. I love a pumpkin pie. Those are delicious things to me. But that's the only time I want them. Judge me as you see fit. Actually, speaking of pumpkins, and you can do this with acorn squash seeds, butternut squash seeds, anything with the larger seeds, when you scoop them out keep them, rinse them off, get all the sticky gross stuff off of it, soak them in some salt water for a little while, put them on a, on a sheet of aluminum foil, throw them in the grill. What I like to do is I like to take the pumpkin seeds, rinse them, soak them in some salt water for about overnight. The next day, wrap them in foil with some pats of butter and throw them on the top shelf while everything else is cooking so they just sit there and cook and cook and they get all crispy and crunchy and salty and delicious. It's not a terribly unhealthy snack 
uh, depending on how much salt you put into it. But it's it's a convenient thing. It's using as much of the product as possible. It's getting back to that sort of mindset, which is something we could all stand to do a little bit more these days. And in a related note to that, yes, I mentioned pumpkin pie and pumpkin bread, which are honestly two of my seasonal favorites, but it's not something I can eat year-round. Another thing you can do, though, and people don't think about this, and we've all probably got some pumpkins sitting around. I honestly hope if you did Jack Lantern for Halloween... I hope you. somebody told you don't bleach the insides so you can leave them outside and the critters can eat them. And that's a little bit of vinegar and water keeps them from browning and keeps them from rotting and the animals can eat them and it uses the product and that's a good thing. But if you're like me and you got a couple pumpkins sitting around that didn't get carved up and I'm planning on doing that this weekend, I'm going to be scooping out a whole bunch of pumpkin innards and I'm going to probably roast one of them off and make pumpkin puree and for, freeze a bunch of it so I have it for when things come up later. You can make a delicious pumpkin soup if you haven't tried it. I actually like to make pumpkin soup, a little bit of little drizzle of sweet cream in it, and uh, some toasted pumpkin seeds on top. Delicious. Fantastic. But you can also use grilled pumpkin as a side. Just cut the pumpkin like you would normally cut the top off scoop the guts out and just kind of cut it into bigger chunks it, you don't want to do it just chopping it in half and throwing it on there because it's going to take a really long time to cook but maybe hand-sized pieces brush them down with a little little oil or a little melted butter depending on your your, your preference a little salt and pepper a little sprinkle of paprika maybe a little garlic and don't go for sweet you cook it in a savory style so it's more of a side dish and not a dessert and it's one of those things a lot of people don't think about they automatically assume it's got to be sweet i've noticed a lot of people do the same thing with acorn squash and with butternut squash and yeah generally that's what we're used to and the same thing with sweet potatoes and yams in this country for some reason we think everything has to be drowned in sugar and there's a lot of savory goodness to these particular food items that people are missing out on because we all grew up with that traditional marshmallow smothered casserole that we got once a year on Thanksgiving. And not to be <laughs> overly judgmental or critical, but I think it's gross. I like my sweet potatoes roasted, a little salt and butter and pepper, and a little sprinkle of cayenne on them just to give them that little extra kick. Maybe a little bit of brown sugar, just lightly sprinkled over them, not drenched and soaked and not... I, I never buy the ones in syrup if I buy canned. I try and buy fresh because I prefer it that way, but the, the syrup ones, are they're just they're too much. So, yeah, take, take that pumpkin, take that squash, chop it up, throw it on the grill. Give it some nice char marks on, on the cut side and then flip it over and let the skin side be down and let it roast up through the skin. It'll actually slide right off when it's done cooking. It'll be soft and tender and scoop right off of the skin, and that way... You, you got a great flavor and the skin cooks and kind of gets a little char to it and stops the actual part you're going to eat from burning. So that, that's one thing you can think about. Another thing a lot of people don't think about, although it's becoming more popular these days with outdoor grill pizza stones and things becoming more popular, you can also use your grill. It will function in a capacity as an oven. That's why people grill baked potatoes and 
do roasted mushrooms and other things like that on their grill because you don't have to use it just as a grill. If you want to make any kind of bread dressing or like cornbread or basically anything you're going to put in the oven at 350 for an extended amount of time, you can put in a pan and pop it on the grill and keep it covered and it'll cook up exactly the same. So if you're firing up your grill anyway to make your, your entree or your, your center of the plate piece, your protein, your whatever it is, I mean, if it doesn't have to be protein. It doesn't, you, you can even grill tofu if, you're, if you get the firm stuff, and it's not terrible. I mean, I'm not a big supporter of pressed bean curd. It just I've always had a thing where it's not my favorite. But if you get the extra firm, it's really not that bad. You can cut it up and season it up and... I like to rub it down with a little uh, Thai chili paste and, and oil and a little season, uh, some toasted sesame seeds, and put it on there and slap it on the grill about three minutes to side. It's really not that bad. And that's something else you can do. I mean, like I said, get out of your comfort zone. Do something a little different. Have an adventure. Have fun with it. It's uh, Eating should be something you're enjoying, not just something you do to get by, not just something you do just to survive. And I'm sure at some point, uh, I'm kind of saving this one for when I start having some guests on, we are going to discuss eating to survive. It's going to be one of those things that kind of ties in with the whole moving out thing of stretching your food dollar is, until George Washington's crying because it's stretched so far. But I'm getting way off topic here. I'm talking about grilling right now. Grilling food during the winter that you would not normally grill. And obviously you can get corn on the cob and all the other stuff like that. But grill your carrots. Those are available pretty much year-round. It's, it's not a weird thing in the respect of it's not one of those unheard of things. You go any place, you got a grilled veggie mix. It's probably got grilled carrots in it. You can take onions and put them on the grill. You don't chop them up. You cut them in half, and you set them on the grill, and you let them kind of char on the bottom, and it, it cooks up through it, and they come out amazing. You can grill things like cranberries. This is going to sound kind of weird to people that don't think the way <laughs> people like me think, but you can get fresh cranberries, and... Toss them with a little salt and pepper and a little oil and a little tiny little pinch of sugar because cranberry, natural cranberries in their natural occurring state are friggin' tart. There's, there, you're, you will pucker when you eat them. But you toss them with a little sugar, a little salt, a little pepper, a little bit of oil and put them on a sheet of foil on the grill and they will roast and they start to kind of like pop and they're, they're delicious. You can also, in that same vein of grilling things, don't overlook the different fruits that you have as an option. And, you know, normally you would think, yeah, okay, you could grill an apple, you can grill a pear, you can grill a peach. And all of that will come out, and it comes out really cool, and the sugars in it, they caramelize, and they enhance the flavor, and they taste really good. But you can also char citrus stuff you get a nice hot flame going you put them down on those irons like chars and it changes the flavor profile and it's a really cool thing and it goes fantastic with seafood if you're going that route 
in that respect, that's again, that's one of those things. A lot of people, it's becoming more common, and you'll see it in fine dining establishments and things like that, or different banquet halls when you order a fish dish. There's a real good chance you'll get a charred piece of citrus with it. And you don't have to limit it, limit it to lemons, which is kind of what you primarily see. Char off an orange, and the heat will actually release the oils that are in the peel of the, the fruit, and that can really infuse your food, and it's, it's pretty cool. And it's, like I said, it's something different. It's something outside the comfort zone. It's really worth playing around with. And honestly, if you think of something that I didn't mention and you want to try cooking it on the grill, go for broke. It's it's really, it's no different than cooking it in a pan to the extent of the product will cook. It may cook differently. It may, basing having some direct heat and then some iron that it's touching, it is going to have grill marks on it. It's going to take on a smokier flavor or a different flavor than if you sauteed it in a pan in the house. It can be a little healthier because you use less oils and less things because you're not worried about it sticking to the pan and making extra dishes for you. It's I guess what I'm trying to say here is just because the colder weather's coming, don't sell your grill short. Have a little love, go out there, make yourself, and you don't have to abandon traditional things. Make some beer brats, make some grill, grill off some steaks, grill off some burgers. There's no reason, just because the weather's getting crummy, that you have to stop enjoying foods that you like. And anyway, I guess for now, uh, we're going to wrap it up. That's what I had to say. Thanks for listening to another episode of I Had to Say It. If you get a chance, check us out on social media. There's a Facebook group, there's Twitter, there's Instagram. I Had to Say It podcast is pretty much the trigger for all that stuff. Or you can check us out online at www.ihadtosayitpodcast.com. There's links to all the social media and to all the platforms that we are streaming on. And there is contact information for any of the restaurants or local businesses or musicians that we've talked to or will be talking to or anybody I have mentioned in any of the uh, previous episodes. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.